Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cap City Presents podcast. My name is Andy Remex Moreno, and I will be your host. On today's show, we have one of my favorite bands out of Seattle. They're called Sunday Crush. Uh, we have here Isaac and Jenna. Can y'all say hello, y'all? Hey. Hey, so how are things uh, going up north, up in the uh, the anarchist uh, jurisdiction? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty all right. It's kind of smoky today, but not bad today. Yeah, it's been pretty and... Um, you know, just full of anarchy. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> dang fires. Yeah. You know, this, this episode is going to come out in November. So by the time we listen to this, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, there were fires this year, too. <laughs> wow. A month ago. Wow. Quarantine <laughs> yeah. flashbacks. Um, how how has uh, your 2020 been so far? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a ride for sure. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> what a ride. Pretty isolated. Um, it was good that we got to get out and like we had a tour in Texas right before everything went on lockdown. So that was that was good. But since then, I mean, I don't know, some some months feel so long and some months feel so quick. It's just really kind of disorienting. Yeah, right. Um so y'all hit Texas right before the whole quarantine and everything. You actually successfully got a tour done in 2020. Is that what I heard? Yeah, we did. Yep. Texas, little Texas mini tour. Yeah, it was like, what, like four days, five days? It was like four or five, yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember. It was like right before because we came back and it was like the first of March and then right around like March 15th or March 20th, somewhere in that zone is when things got all locked down so yeah it was a wild ride for me because on the way back from uh texas i my eardrum ruptured (laughs) and and so uh i had to stay in texas for a little bit a a few days and then i came back to seattle and around that time it was probably like march 6th and like i was still very out of it (laughs) so i was kind of out of it for two weeks and then covid happened (laughs) oh god already on quarantine because me and jenna were just like chilling and and she was like really out of it covering so yeah trying to help as much as i could and uh yeah so our our quarantine like started early and now it's just still going so (laughs) you pre-funked for the quarantine (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) a little little pre-game did you play as if it was your last tour (laughs) I mean, I mean, I think we did because yeah. we were kind of sick before we got there and, and like we mostly recovered by the time we got there. You played so loud, you ruptured your, your eardrum yeah, in the whole process. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Never fly on a plane with a cold. Don't do it. <laughs> like at the time when we played the shows, we of course didn't know what was about to happen. Um, of course the whole band was super sick right before like i don't know if we had covid yeah I don't know. we'll never know we'll never know but before <laughs> we went to texas we were all super sick and then we went to texas and then like i was still like i wasn't sick but i was i, I think i was like a not like super sick but i had like some some like lingering like sinus stuff and like i lost my voice completely during our last few oh yeah shows. And oh. so like it's it felt like i was putting all this energy as if it was the last show of you know 2020 for sure because i was just like I, my voice was just raw the whole time yeah and they were all good shows it was like my first time returning to texas since i've had like full band sunday crush so it was my first time in texas so like i don't know it was really fun and we definitely put in a lot of energy and we got to hang out with really cool people awesome 
so let's get into uh, to how y'all became a band. Uh, yeah, how did y'all meet? Um, yeah, Sunday Crush started as a solo project in Dallas. Um, basically, I was uh, just gotten out of like my first band ever. Uh, it was a college band called Layer Cake, and yeah, and then Isaac joined around the time we were doing a Sailor Moon our live score. Yeah, I I caught the band. Um, I did sound for them at Cafe Racer at a show and like completely fell in love with their music and uh, like quickly decided they were my favorite Seattle band and kind of connected with, I think I talked to Jenna a little bit at that time, but like not a ton. I was just like, you guys were awesome. Wild chance a few a few weeks later, they needed a bass player. And so I, I auditioned and, um, and then now we have Emily and Dan on board, which we had that change like last July, last August. Um, last July, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a little bit with the current crew. That's kind of how I joined. I, I heard them and wanted to be a piece of it. And then I had an opportunity to, so it was cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, how have y'all been keeping busy during the whole 2020 quarantine after after your tour was over? Um, a lot of streaming and video games, uh, a lot of Animal Crossing for me personally. I played a lot of Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely video games have been a big role of, you know, like time, uh, time usage for me because it's uh, kind of ideal for these times, I feel like. You can just hop in and do whatever and you're not limited by being at home. Um, right, you got to like, keep yourself busy. Yes, totally. I also feel like I've kind of caught up on like a lifetime of sleep debt. Uh, that's like, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I've been jobless since like mid-March, like after COVID. And so, um, you know, I've been looking for work and like trying to find stuff, but otherwise like just trying to take care of myself. Yeah. Know? Isaac's also started animation. Yeah. been digging more into animation and like multimedia production and stuff like that. So, um, and I took an animation sweet, class so. as well too. So yeah. Some other stuff to pass this way. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, did you use those uh, animation classes to uh, to help uh, with uh, the music videos that you came out with for, yes. for your album? Yes, for sure. Yes, it helped a lot. <laughs> yeah. So was that was that just you two that that did all the directing and such? Or who was who was involved in all that? Yeah, it was a lot of people. We, like, orchestrated it, I guess. Um, Isaac took... How many videos did you take? Um, I, I edited three videos and and then like we co-animated one video and then yeah so I guess I did like four or five I can't remember exactly yeah and then I did sensation and yeah part of Lala yeah but otherwise we have yeah. a lot of uh, like collaborations <laughs> yeah like, a lot um, of good cool animators yeah, and Jake Huffcut did good boy which that video is not out yet but I'm so excited for that video to drop it's yeah, no, the Good Boy one, like the fact that y'all remade another video for Good yeah. Boy, like I, I know I probably mentioned, you probably hear this all the time, but I sing that song to my my roommate's dog oh, all the yeah, time because totally. he's such a good boy. And... <laughs> we hear a lot of stuff like that and also like kid, like children's. I got to know, was that song about a particular dog? <laughs> was it about a particular dog that was on a skateboard is my real question. I mean, it should be, but <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's a dedication to all the dogs. Yeah. The... All the good boys. What did someone say? It was like the Good Boy anime and then the Good Boy yeah. live yeah, action. Live action and the, and the anime, <laughs> which I, I will stand by this: the, the Good Boy manga is the way to go. It's, it really sticks to canon. The art's beautiful. Not not docking Jacob cut, but you know, like the, the manga is just 
it's beautiful. It's a beautiful <laughs> Are these music videos going to be released to the public? Because I feel like I, I asked you that before and you said that they were sort of a one and done type deal, but I think that they're so <laughs> awesome and I think they deserve to be online. Yeah, they will eventually be released over time. It was kind of like, here's all of them if you want to see them right now. <laughs> Otherwise, you can wait. <laughs> so Yeah, our release stuff is a little bit, um, that's changed a bit. So like we, we did that and we... <laughs> thought something was going to happen and then we ended up going a different route so at this point they will be like on youtube and like available but um not for like another month at least probably probably over the next three four months yeah okay will i get my vinyl in the mail by then yes 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 (laughs) okay i hope so (laughs) totally um have you caught any good live streams lately any ones that stick out to you um, there's this 3D artist that I like a lot called Blake Catherine. She's been like streaming like her workflow in 3D and it's like super intense and it's just cool to see one of my favorite artists in their work process. Cool. I, I'm really into like the Grounded series, which we played on um, last month with Big Building. I think that's a great series. And otherwise, like, I don't know, I I tend to like watch a lot of like comedy kind of or like uh, like gaming Twitch stuff, not I haven't been really keeping tabs on enough art um, Twitch, but I want to find more hidden gems out there. (laughs) Yeah, they will emerge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been following a lot of the big building uh, streams as well, and they've they've just been killing it. And I know uh, Hector and Mary, so every time I see them on my like TV, I always you know Chromecast it to my TV. I'm always like, oh, I'm it's like I'm in the same room as them. Um, yeah. yeah. What, what was that experience like to play? Like, uh, was that your first live stream show, you know, like not in front of people? Well, I've played stuff. on the radio before, but besides that, yeah, that's my first live stream in front of like nobody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it was a really <laughs> cool time. Like, um, yeah, it was really cool seeing live music in the later part of 2020. <laughs> Rare. Yeah. Very lucky. A very, a very select few people have had that pleasure. I mean, unless you're in like Unless you caught Smash Mouth. But mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, but <laughs> Ooh, shout out Sturgis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, it was a really unique experience, and um, I think it kind of tells for as we kind of continue dealing with this pandemic how we need to to approach it. And I think Big Building's doing it in a really smart way. They're they're grabbing bands who are quite quite like they're. I, I would say we're on like the lower end as far as popularity of bands that have been on it. And and because I just say that based upon like they just seem to keep getting bigger and bigger acts on there and, and that um it's cool. They have like a full production team, they have totally um really nice cameras. I mean, there were like a few technical difficulties, but it it felt almost like uh like being on live TV or something. Yeah. It, it was special. <laughs> they they made it really special. Awesome. And uh, going back to the album that's coming out, uh, A Real Sensation, what would you say is the uh, inspiration behind it? And what should people expect from the album? Um, well, the inspiration behind it, uh, for me, like writing it, uh, all I was going through like a lot of therapy at the time. And it's basically like my therapy slash Aries Rising album. <laughs> that's what I've come to mm-hmm. realize. <laughs> yeah. And, and for me, like being somebody who I have like maybe... 20, like not 20 I have like 30 to 40 percent recording participation like um I didn't help with a lot of the writing necessarily and I'm like kind of in and out of the record because it was between bass players as I was talking about earlier but like being somebody coming into that and like hearing everything Jenna saying and like 
building off of it as I was on the record, it I think that the feeling you should get is kind of empowerment. Like it kind of covers, you know, like feeling your worst and also feeling your best and like just fucking working through things. That's kind of what I get from it. It's totally, yeah. <laughs> doing the work and knowing that it's possible to feel better. That's uh what I get from a real sensation. Word. From the uh, album sales, uh, you donated 25% of your profits to the Washington Therapy Fund to support Black Healing. Uh, can you tell the uh, listeners more about that, uh, what what that is and why you chose to give the money to them? Yeah, um, so we're, we're releasing one of our release dates. <laughs> it was uh, June 22nd, and we decided to push it because of all the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so I, I was thinking I had, I had originally had this idea, like even when I was thinking about this album and I was like, I don't know why I didn't like put that into motion. I was like, I would really like to like give therapy to someone else, <laughs> uh, since it's helped me so much. So, um, and I asked my therapist, like if there was any, uh, organizations I should look at. And this was the one that they gave me. Well, thank you for, for being an ally. I've, I've said that a few times on this podcast already. And, uh, yeah, I just appreciate appreciate it because uh there's a lot going on in the world and we definitely need you know good folks like y'all to to help people out in these times because totally. um, it's a crazy ass year yeah and we're it's 25 percent of all sales and then uh the first 100 pre-orders or first 100 sales of our record it's 50 percent. so we're trying to prioritize awesome. that um because our, our label like he really believes in um, JR from Donut Sounds. He like really wants to help support marginalized groups just like we do. And so he was like, oh, I'll match you for such and such amount. And um, yeah, it feels good to be able to do our part. And yeah, shout out to JR. What's yeah. up? <laughs> <laughs> so actually uh, going off of that, uh, pre-COVID, do y'all believe that uh, Seattle bookers do a, a a good job with uh, properly diversifying bills, like not booking lineups that are just like all cis male white dudes? Uh, for me, I thought about this and I was like, well, I think Seattle does a better job than most people, but I don't think anyone's mm -hmm. doing like a great job. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it can obviously be better. And obviously the scene is like saturated with white dude bands. So that's always a problem that I've had as well. Like I live in Olympia. I know y'all live in, in Seattle and I've, I've definitely noticed that on bills, but also I'm from Olympia and like, I'm one of like, I like, I, I went to a high school where I was like one of like 30 Brown kids. So I definitely get how it can be difficult for, for some bookers to, to actually properly do that. Do you think it's going to get better in 2021? Or do you think like bookers are going to like now realize like, Hey, this is actually a thing we need to push forward. Yeah. You know, you can only hope it gets better. <laughs> and like we're yeah. in a better world after this so I, I think uh i've seen a lot of like larger artists who are really challenging bookers like um gosh i don't want to like misquote somebody but i'm pretty sure i saw like phoebe bridgers post about it might have been phoebe bridgers who was like stop inviting me to your online festivals like like she's just like i'm white and i like i'm doing fine i just put out a record i'm making money yeah. Like invite smaller artists, invite POC artists, invite like, you know, like gender queer artists, like don't fucking focus on me right now. And um, I appreciate that. And I think that more people who are settled right now and who are doing fine should step in and be like, I, th this is like fucking like dangerous, like tricky slopes right now. And 
if you can give that money to somebody who maybe needs it more, then do it. And I feel like that steps beyond that, looking at reparations and looking at things that need to happen to really undo a lot of damage or do the closest we can to undoing some damage. And it's like, fucking prioritize that shit. Because if you don't and you don't refuse things and tell people to prioritize it, then the status quo is just going to continue. So I think exactly how are we how are we going to learn from our mistakes if we don't know to do yeah (laughs) i think i mean isaac talked about this a little bit before too and you kind of said that sometimes it feels performative and i think that's accurate yeah yeah it can feel really performative um like a lot of especially with like the recent uh like black lives matter stuff that's come up is i've noticed like a lot of publications being um like supportive in like a weirdly timed sense and like i don't mean to say that in a way that comes off as hypocritical because of course we're donating a portion of our of our record sales to this cause and you know like that could also be seen as like a similar like oh this is happening right now kind of thing which whatever but like i i see it happening in people like reviewing records where one week they'll be like oh this is such a great record it's by a person of color and then two weeks later another writer for the same publication comes in and calls it garbage and it's like Yo, like you were just hopping on a train and that's fucked yeah, up. Right. That's, that is exploiting a movement. That is not genuine support. So it's like, how do you, how do you do things that are right and keep the momentum? Because we're seeing that from corporate America too, where everyone was like really supportive. Like um, as soon as COVID hit, we had like the Heroes Act and all these different initiatives going to help support people who are more impacted. And then people just stop giving a shit and that it feels like it feels trendy and it feels performative, you know? Right. And, uh, between, uh, hopefully diversifying bills in the future and, you know, uh, as a result of COVID as well, what do you think the biggest difference for shows in 2021 will be? Hopefully there's shows. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> um, unless, I mean, it's probably just mostly going to be like live streams or, I've also heard the idea of like it being like more expensive to attend a show, basically and just having a smaller group that could happen. Right. That's what I was thinking too. Like $20 covers, but also limit like half the amount of people and hope that people are actually like hungry for live music the way that they say they are yeah. on social media. Yeah. I mean, we all have those friends. Oh, when's your next show? I'm not going to go to it, but I'm just curious. Yeah, totally. like, <laughs> that's what they're, that's what they're thinking, but they're not going to tell you that. Well, and I think that like, not to be like negative about like COVID, but I, I don't believe that we're just going to have like a vaccine that happens one day that will allow everyone to start going to shows because a, it'll take a long time for everyone to even have access to that vaccine. And also like COVID is more akin to like, um, like as far as like how it's built to something that might occur seasonally and change versus something that's like a one and done, like you get a vaccine and you're done. So it's like, I don't realistically know how long we'll deal with this. Like this could be the next 10 years. And considering between that and like climate change, I feel like we need to step up our game and have a, a plan for fully digital experiences. And while that won't be the same as necessarily going to a show, I think like virtual reality is a step in the right direction. And then maybe accessibility of virtual reality would be the next uh, big step in that because that's like are the closest. You, thing are you talking get. about like, are you talking about like 3d goggles yeah, here I'm saying, and like yeah. the headset? Honestly, and because like, like we couldn't go outside in Washington state where like we've historically had just fucking 
everyone's like fantastic air fantastic water like we couldn't go outside for a week a while ago because of the smoke and like that will likely be more and more frequent in the future yeah. and so if it's not covid then it's going to be that that's keeping us from necessarily like coming together at a venue and i think that we just have to prepare for that and i don't think that's a bad thing necessarily like i think yeah we'll just have to adapt so. yeah i think technology can really serve a big purpose right now and especially in the entertainment sector i often joke uh we have the technology yeah. you know it, it so yeah i definitely agree with you there like it, it's gonna suck to adapt but i mean that's what we as humans need to do in general and mm -hmm. like even if there is a vaccine who's to say that it's not going to have adverse effects and all that yeah it's not going to be like a one and done deal yeah, totally coronavirus isn't the name of the virus like it's a type of virus and you have to look at like how those behave and who knows we we may be doing virtual reality tours and i think that sounds dope but you need enough people to have virtual reality access for that to be feasible <laughs> yeah oh definitely yeah everybody needs to have that that fast yeah. broadband to even, like be a possibility I remember earlier this year whenever grimes was like there's not going to be any more live shows <laughs> it's like in the future and i was like oh i didn't think it'd be like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be more slow. <laughs> yeah. Now, like, your live entertainment is you go outside and there's a bird yelling loudly, and you're like, whoa, that's a funny bird. But even when the smoke's out, you can't see that shit because A, birds are dying, and B, you're going to die if you go outside. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Dang. Uh, uh, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> that just got dark. <laughs> Uh, do y'all have any opinions on, I don't know if you know this, but there are a few venues that actually are open in Oregon and are hosting live music. Do you have any uh, opinions on that? that? Yeah, no, I don't recommend those places. I, I you know, I, you know me, I'm a, I'm a booking agent. So I've definitely booked at a few of these places. So I follow them on, you know, social media and it just is bizarre to me that I don't want to say any names, <laughs> but just this venue is like, Hey, we're open and we're allowing you know, only 50 people in here. And I'm like, well, 50 people in an enclosed space still sounds terrible and dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of getting similar emails during like the virus. So it's just like, <laughs> we were getting asked to play shows in July at one point and I was just like, no, <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> like, wow. What an optimistic view right. that you have that <laughs> you like, think that uh, these shows are going to happen. Even like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say names, but like, I, I don't think it impacts anything. Like, for example, I saw like the garden announced a tour for like, like spring 2020, yeah, 2021. But that's in Europe. Like, so that well, could be, maybe they're not still up, but they initially announced us tour dates also. And it's oh, just yeah. like, I don't see that happening. Like, I don't know, either America's just going to like plow through it and suffer the consequences. And I'm already like, if people in Oregon are starting to do it, like, I don't know what comes next. Yeah, it's a I bad mean, idea. <laughs> it's like that in Texas yeah. right now. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah, Texas is so. Um, oh, yeah, it's really bad. Right There's now. just like so many. I don't know. I don't even want to look at. Yeah. <laughs> they they overtook California. Oh really? God. Yeah, uh, the it's because they're going back to school and they didn't have any like rules set for back to school, like statewide, or and they just like made the like schools individually come up with it. So. <laughs> it's just like it's so bad genius yeah, <laughs> they're they're teachers they can they can figure it out i know i was just like oh i kept like hearing about it fair, right? it's like their whole thing. 
So uh, going back to live music, uh, what is your favorite venue to play at? This one's hard. Um, I mean, I think Rubber Gloves uh, in Denton actually like stepped up their game a lot. Like I remember going to Rubber Gloves in like, I don't know, 2014. And it was just like, you know, like a room, a bathroom on the side that like now they like stepped up their game a lot where they have this like a huge outdoor porch area this like really nice green room upstairs i was just like wow i was just very impressed <laughs> sweet it's beautiful um i also really liked playing at hotel vegas there we had a great show and um yeah that was austin yeah in austin and like there's like a whole back area where like a food truck sometimes shows up and it's like it's like this gigantic courtyard where you just hang out and like drink and yeah. smoke and that's where everybody is and yeah texas knows how to put places like that out there yeah <laughs> big patio as, big porch <laughs> as far as seattle goes um i like uh i like playing at barboza we played yeah i like playing barboza a lot they're cool mm-hmm. um also i mean we played it like the the sif which was really special that was cool the northwest film northwest Forum. film Forum, sorry is there a big house show scene up in uh, Seattle like there is in Olympia? Because I know I saw y'all play at uh, the Hobbit Hole here in Olympia yeah, totally, a while as ago. Yeah, can talk about that. Yeah, there's a pretty big house show. I mean, there was. Um, rest in mm-hmm. Werewolf Vacation. I feel rip. rip. Um, I lived at Werewolf Vacation for like uh, about like a year and a half, a little under that. And um, we would do shows like two or three times a month. So it was pretty popping there. And then um, there's like there's a lot in the U district, especially like uh, Magic Lanes, Tacoma Dome, Brunch Box. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Is it like the Cone House? Yeah, Cone, Cone was one for a while. Uh, there was Cyberspace, which used to be called Hot Yoga. Um, there's like a whole big DIY scene, which I will say the house show scene in seattle is the best at booking diverse bills um at at vacation that was our number one priority and we did a very good job at it like i i can maybe think of like one or two out of like 50 bills where it was like primarily white or primarily cis like it was pretty like we we made a very very big effort to make sure we had good representation and i see that a lot with a lot of like I won't say like every DIY venue, of course, because that, that's not true. But like we did, and I knew a lot of, I knew like a few other venues who really prioritized it. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there was a huge scene. Now everybody's <laughs> yeah. been kicked out of their houses because, you know, everybody who ran those kind of venues, unfortunately, worked in industries that got hit really hard by COVID. Um, so they couldn't pay rent or right. landlords were just like, oh, we'll cut our losses and we'll sell this and have it renovated or we'll have it um you know in werewolf vacations case uh the church just took it back and now it's just empty so you know push six people out of housing for that <laughs> yeah but, and then yeah. fuck did the same for her house right yeah was it yellow room yeah the owners of a popular skincare brand took it back but yeah she got a lot of skincare products <laughs> yeah, they, sent, they sent her like a severance package <laughs> That's <laughs> and then uh, the same thing happened to Red Room, which was another uh U district venue I played at. Um they got like just turned down. Um yeah, the only other one I can think of that's not local up there would be Wormhole. I don't know how they're doing, but I played there once. It's a it's a pretty cool venue. 
Um, yeah, there there are a lot of there were a lot of house show venues here, and the landscape's going to be so different once yeah. we can play shows again. Like I have no idea. People are just going to have to be like, okay, we're a punk house, like you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, fingers crossed, hoping for the best because yeah, there's nothing quite like going to somebody's living room to see a dope band. Totally. And I definitely miss every minute of it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe house shows can make a comeback since it's smaller. Very tight community. And I was thinking about that even with like smaller towns. Like I'm I'm wondering, especially in America and the US, like where it's just rampant, like I wonder what communities are just gonna be like, okay, we are almost like um just locals and at this yeah. point it's safe to have music because our city hasn't had any cases like i i don't know like i don't know that could be a thing and it'd be interesting to see how that impacts like small communities especially for like gen z who are just coming up and yeah it's just gonna see it's gonna be interesting to see how communities evolve just in general out of this yeah. <laughs> and we could always and there are ways to do it safely like we just need people with big enough backyards yeah, exactly yeah, yeah and, and to be like on top of it enough Mm-hmm. Just so long as it doesn't rain here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Or a big giant <laughs> awning or something. <laughs> yeah. A gazebo. Um, yes. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Cap City Presents podcast. Um, we have our guests Sunday Crush here, Isaac and Jenna. Uh, I want to know, are there any projects that you want to shout out that you are working on or uh, something that you know about that's that's really cool that you want to give a shout out to? Um, well, we've been working on streaming a lot. We're mostly on the Donut Sounds Records Twitch. <laughs> it's a long Twitch name, but um, yeah, we're going to be streaming either a spooky game. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Well, we, well, we will be streaming this month, uh, like a bunch of video games and like pumpkin painting. But yeah, we'll just keep doing live streams probably. Yeah, I'll say just given the timing of uh, this release or this this podcast releasing, um, our record is officially coming out at the end of November. Yeah. So you can keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, at the time of recording this, uh, didn't you have a few local bands you wanted to talk about who have like stuff coming out soon? Um, Antonioni has something coming out. Um, Dope. I think later in the year, a whole album, the single out right now that you can listen to. And then Archie is coming out with a song for sure. I don't know about an album. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the band Shimmer Traps put out a really good record this year. And I, I don't know if they're Seattle exactly, but they're somewhere around here. And um, so this artist called AJ Suede. Uh, it's like a, a rap project. And they worked with one of my favorite rappers. And that's how I found them. And then I was like, oh, shit, you're in Seattle. Um, also, nice. yeah, also Olivia from Guyaba um, has a new project called Explorist, okay. which is really fucking cool. Um, they put out Sweet. a single that's just like really, I don't know, I'm excited to see what they do next because it's like really narrative and it feels like it kind of builds on like the legacy of Guyaba in a different way. So I'm excited for that. There's there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, do you know many hip hop artists in the Seattle area? Uh, you just like pop something into my brain just because I, I started booking hip hop shows when I first started booking, you know, back seven years ago. And uh, I know plenty of hip hop artists that are based up there. I, I wish I knew more. And that's like been a goal for me because I I kind of like find a lot of underground hip hop artists. And the thing about that is they end up just being all over the country more or less. And 
I don't think there are enough like dedicated spaces for it in Seattle. It feels like it's always just kind of tacked on to a show that's otherwise like yeah, totally, yeah. Um, but like uh, formerly known as Guyava, but now Ex Florist, they're a really awesome um, hip hop artist. Uh, AJ Suede, um, the queen of everything. I really like their music. Um, gosh, I'm trying. To I mean, remember. Do Normal used to live here. Yeah, Do Normal. Used <laughs> oh yeah, Do Normal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I wish I knew him more. I just like I, I can't think of more examples. Yeah, I can't think of specific Seattle ones. Yeah, it'd be cool. I I really wish there were like dedicated like oh you like go here and you know it's going to be a hip hop show because something yeah. that people don't know enough is that rap is the largest statistically speaking genre on the planet. So I know that there's enough mm-hmm. of a scene here. You just have to give people the opportunity. Well, uh, if we went back in time about a year ago, I would tell you to go to uh, Cafe Red in oh, yeah. Seattle. Are you all familiar with that? I don't think so. I, I don't think so, yeah. Okay, Cafe Red. Uh, I don't know if y'all ever been to Lavoyer in Olympia, but it's kind of like that where mm-hmm. you walk in and you're like, wow, this place is like really small. This is a venue. Oh, like mm-hmm. it maybe fits like 60 people, if even that. But yeah, they would have hip hop shows every week. And yeah, that was like my go-to spot. I booked a Carnage the Executioner and one word up there. It's just, it's nice because it's easy to to pack out. Totally. You only need about 20, 30 people to really make it feel full. Yeah, those are some of the funnest shows, honestly, when, you know, it's packed in a small room. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Like, uh, <laughs> Not so much anymore. Now we got to stay six feet yeah. from each yeah, other. Yeah, it sucks. yeah, totally. Now it's, I don't know. I guess there's nothing you can, there's nothing that like can recreate that. And like, there are downsides and upsides to being packed like that, of course, but there are some good feelings that come with being just like shoulder to shoulder and you're all just like sweaty and listening <laughs> to music together. Yeah, right. internal feelings, not external. Yes, internal, <laughs> internal joy and ignoring how you're dripping wet. Yeah. Shout out to internal joys. <laughs> what are those? It's my next project. <laughs> Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> you were listening to the Internal Joys podcast. Thank you all for... <laughs> all right, well, uh, I'm going to spitball a few random questions at y'all, and I want y'all to to answer them the best way that you could think. I lis- I've listened to quite a few of your tracks, and uh, you have a uh, cover of the song Unpretty by TLC. Uh, which one of you in the band is T-Boss? Which one of you is Chili? And which one of you is Left Eye? Isaac was looking it up like right before this. Yeah, <laughs> Did you we, learn anything? We, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I wasn't involved in the TLC cover. Yeah, I mean, it was just me and Garage Band with anonymous <laughs> sure. chords. No, this so. is more of and a like, This was more of a joke. No, I know. <laughs> I, I wish I could humor it more. I just like don't know the legacy enough. Otherwise, I would be. That's such a great like kind of question. Honestly, I just like. I don't have the knowledge. <laughs> I don't have. The... And I have trouble picking people. I don't know. I just like everyone in the group. So. For sure. It's like no that doubt. For like any no doubt. Group for me, like Powerpuff Girls, can't choose. <laughs> for sure. No, I dig it. Well, Isaac, uh, I got some some homework for you. Uh, check out the album Crazy Sexy Cool because I remember stealing that that CD from my sister when I was real young. Will do. I'll steal it from. Yeah, but it's got it's got all the bangers. <laughs> yeah, steal it from Jenna. <laughs> uh, another spitball question at you: If Sunday Crush 
were a Sunday, what would be on that Sunday? It's funny because we actually wrote about this in a zine at one point. Yeah, but really. But I don't remember any of them. I just remember there was a joint <laughs> on top of it. Um, but when we were talking about it a little while ago, you just said like what, like strawberry? I said strawberry and chocolate, probably, um, and sprinkles. I want, whipped cream for sure. I want like peanuts on top. Peanuts. Yeah, and also uh, like sour gummy worms. Like, have you ever had gummy worms when they've been Ooh. in ice cream? They get like really stiff and. Yeah, they get like really cold and yeah, hard, and, and yeah, they sort of melt in your exactly. mouth. Exactly, <laughs> it's so good. I would definitely put some of those on there. Um, oh, and like a big heaping scoop of uh, internal joy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> Don't forget that. Yes. Do y'all have a uh, a preferable uh, ice cream brand? Uh, I like Full Tilt a lot. Yeah. Um, I like how they've been okay. so ACAB amidst everything happening. I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so full tilt, if you're listening for some reason, we'd love to have a Sunday crush flavor. You heard that full tilt. <laughs> yeah, we did like some pairing with them before. We gave away like gift cards. Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and uh, for the listeners who don't know about full tilt ice cream, um, I'm glad I know about this. Uh, they had written something on their Facebook page that was something like, you know, a cab, all cops are bastards, you know, uh, we need police reform. And somebody was like, well, you lost my patronage because blah, blah, blah. I don't like your view. And full tilt replied with their business page. What did they say? Fuck yeah, off. Something like was that. Was that what it said? Or no, get <laughs> fucked. That's what it, the oh actual gosh, words were. Get amazing. fucked. I did not like, see that. I really appreciate it. Like, <laughs> I know that like Ben and Jerry's gets a lot of like uh, accolades for similar reasons, but the article that's been going around is actually from like 2017 or something, and the company has since transferred hands. And so, like, for a while, I was like, oh yeah, Ben and Jerry's, but now well, I'm like. Full tilt. Like I see, I see y'all. I see y'all calling out people's shit and yeah. fucking being on our side. I love it. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's has more corporate stuff, like yeah. behind the scenes things we right. don't know about. So exactly. I know that y'all have been uh streaming, uh testing out different pedals and such. Is there a pedal that you found that is like your ultimate favorite? This has been a journey for me because I've only owned like a tuner pedal and a fuzz pedal before this. So, um, I'm still on this journey. I really like the Nanopogs pedal, and I really like uh, the Half Horse for Fuzz. Um, You've been into that uh, that Boss synthesizer. Yeah, I like the too, Boss right? synthesizer a lot. That's really cool. And then there was a, a delay pedal that we tried out that was from Bookworm Effects. Um, Gosh, I can't remember what the pedal's called, but it's a really, it's like a delay pedal that has like an eyeball on it. And it's a really cool, it has like a, is yeah. that the light sensor? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It has a light sensor. So you like, you like, if you're playing a show, then you run, you know, like kick your foot in front of it. Or if you're just playing with it, you run your hand in front of it and it like changes the time and stuff with light sensing abilities. So it's, it's really cool. That's probably my favorite we've played with. Yeah. That one's really cool. I like that one too. I want to ask y'all, do you have any questions for me? Any Anything you want to shoot at me, spitball? I think so. <laughs> okay. I can think of. Do you have anything, Jenna? Um, <laughs> where do you see yourself in the next five years? <laughs> My oh, least myself favorite in question. the next five years. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I feel like this, this answer would have been so different if you had asked me this in February. Totally, me too, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, do y'all know who Hunter Motto is? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, he's the uh, talent buyer at the Crocodile in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And ever since I I learned what a talent buyer was, 
that has been my goal is I want to be Hunter Motto when I grow up. And I wanted to, you know, on top of being like, you know, the number one booker in Seattle or just a big city in general, I wanted to also, you know, route tours and stuff because it's just, I'm a nerd. And that's like what I find fun is looking at a map and being like, oh, you could hit here, you could hit here, you could hit here. Um, but as far as now, uh, Let's let's go with that answer. Actually, in five years, I'm going to be Hunter Motto. Yes, yes. Don't change your aspirations for 2020. <laughs> nope. Exactly. <laughs> Virtual tours here I come. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Sunday night, you're playing in Second Life. Monday, you're playing in Minecraft. Yeah, you just tour the different video yes. games. That'll be fun. I know Soccer Mommy played a uh, Toontown. I thought Whoa, that was like the coolest thing ever. That's sick. I didn't know people were, were hosting in Toontown. I forgot really about cool. Toontown. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, their server went down because so many people logged Dang. in. I know that I saw like a Club Penguin thing. I'm so happy that that's happening. And like, I don't know, if you have a Discord server, then like it doesn't even, you can do it anywhere. You just get everybody mm. into a virtual room and then you put your music over Discord. What if we play? We Super literally Mario? have the technology. Can't do Super Mario. I want to play in Super Mario 64. <laughs> can't because there's people can't come into it but it would be amazing it would be amazing that was a possibility a, a super mario 64 <laughs> mmo <laughs> i am actually curious now because uh, my roommates and i have been playing a lot of a uh, mario party oh, so nice. maybe if there's a way to do that that would be sick rather than the same music that plays over and over yeah. again it's the same the van and yeah mario we have to play party. with the volume off and <laughs> We're playing somebody's wedding. They're playing Mario. <laughs> them and their like roommates who they they want to bite the head off of because they've been stuck with for six months. Right. We'll see you in Mario Party. <laughs> yep. All right. We'll see you at Mario Party. Thank you all for tuning in to the Cap City Presents podcast. I am your host, Andy Remax Moreno. I just interviewed uh, Sunday Crush, Isaac and Jenna of Sunday Crush, and I will post links to their music. Uh, in the description of this podcast and hope you all have a great night and I'll see y'all in about two weeks. Have a good night, y'all. Night.